You're listening to the Fitness and Wellness Class, powered by NASM. NASM's new subscription service, NASM Connected, is the best value in fitness. When you sign up, you'll get access to everything you'll need to expand your career, master new disciplines, and stay up to date with your certification in one great package. Gain instant access to over 350 online fitness courses available anywhere, anytime, on any device. Earn CEUs for dozens of approved providers. Plus, unlock articles, webinars, videos, and podcasts from the biggest names in fitness. Don't wait. Sign up today and unlock the best content in fitness at the best price. Get connected at nasm.org connected or call one 800 460 6276. Hey guys, welcome to Know Your Competition, Make Them Sweat. I'm Rick Wenner. I, uh, my history, let me, let me get a little into my history to kind of show where I am. Because a lot of people say, oh, he's, he's kind of a, more of a, a business guy. But my background is actually my, my bachelor's my undergrad was exercise science and my career started in the gym as a personal trainer. And I did that for quite a while, worked as a fitness manager uh, and then took a turn and, and became an educator for a larger gym chain where I taught a personal training certification, which included 80 percent of the course that I taught was uh, the NASM content. Uh, so my first love is science. Uh, I am a fitness geek, fitness nerd, like a lot of you. Um, but later on, I just, I got to the point where I wanted to kind of venture out on my own and start my own thing. So went to business school and got my MBA and my career really took a big turn when I was in a marketing class and I was learning about branding and realized that if I and every other trainer knew, you know, 10% of what I was learning in, in marketing courses in business school, we would all have much longer careers in the fitness industry because I knew very well that most people don't last that long as a trainer. And it's not because they're not good trainers. It's because they don't focus enough on the business. And if you want to be in any career for any extended period of time, you need to treat it like a business. And, you know, it's great that we all want to change lives. And when clients get in front of us, we do change their life. However, we aren't always handed clients and you do have to hustle to get clients and you have to do things that you wouldn't normally think of in order to create a successful business. Um, so with that in mind, when I finished school, I had a couple other positions with corporations and different companies. And then finally I decided, you know what, I, I was working with a lot of really elite trainers in the Los Angeles area. And I realized even with them, um, they were doing really well, but they didn't really look outside of the box, as they say. So I had the idea with a business partner to create what's called FitBiz Toolbox, which is educational content for fitness professionals. And I, I try to get as much of this content out for free as possible. And um, I, that's why I love doing these. I love getting these opportunities because getting just just getting little pieces of this to you guys, to you is going to help you. Uh, grow your career. So um, my goal, my mission is to help fitness professionals create longer careers because they better understand business and be, make, can make themselves more marketable and more competitive. Um, 
Now, along with that, I started my own production company, which produces educational content for not only my own brand, but for other brands as well, other gym chains and some individuals, trainers and some smaller companies. Uh, but and at the same time, my wife and I also do run a personal training brand at a studio, and we also have online programming, which we'll kind of we're going to be talking a lot about online programming. Um, because this presentation, just going to let you know right now, it, it changed in the last couple of days because the request was we want to talk more about running online programs, and that's I've now been creating online programs for several years, and through this whole experience of, with the coronavirus, we've I've really had some been able to take a lot of my learnings and really push our brands forward online and have, have done really well. So part of this conversation today, I'm actually going to give you some really simple, maybe not simple for you, but um, as you learn it and as I can help you, I can guide you and give you guidance as to how to create a better online experience slash program, not sessions, but a program that you can sell online. I'm not going to give that away too much of that. We'll just, we'll get right into this. So what we're going to be covering is defining competition because competition is not always what you think it is. Um, we're then going to talk about price versus value. So your price versus the value that you offer, which is the, the, the value that you offer in terms of helping people get to their end goal is different than what the consumer is looking at when they think about value. So you need to not just talk about that. And this doesn't make more sense in a little while, but when you, what you think about value is very different than what we're going to be talking about in this presentation. Then based on value and, and, and the elements of values, which we're going to be talking about, we're going to talk about positioning and how do you position yourself as being more valuable? Um, what, what I added that doesn't have a bullet here, I just did it real quickly. We added this, a section on you know, how to build an online presence. Um, and I don't mean marketing and I don't mean social media. I mean, how do you build a program that you can sell just ongoing and not have to deliver one-on-one -on -one sessions all the time? You don't have to Zoom anymore. You just create a program with videos and, and sell that forever. Uh, then we're going to get into that competitive analysis. So once you understand who your competition is, you understand what your offering is, you need to look at the competition and find out who are the competitors who are more similar to you, who are really, really successful and rip them off. Find out what they're doing. And I, I don't really mean literally rip them off. I mean, take concepts that they're using and see what works for them and use those same concepts or types of messaging. And then the last step is going to be writing your positioning statement. And this is actually really, really vital. I actually end a lot of presentations with writing a positioning statement because this is something that encompasses what you can say, what you what you think your position is or what you want your position is to be, but you really need to think about what does it mean? What does it look like? And, and we'll talk about what that means. So first of all, defining competition. So I like to use hotels as the example. Ritz-Carlton is, um, if you look at this slide here, Ritz-Carlton is a high-end hotel brand. Now, when would you use their services? When you're away from home and you need a bed and nice restaurant probably, it's very high-end. They're going to have a lot more services than your typical hotel. So when we say who's the competition for Ritz-Carlton, obviously, Four Seasons is going to be one of 10 
or 20, one of 10 or 15 brands that you might think of as being the competition for Ritz-Carlton. Similar high-end, similar pricing, et cetera. What we don't think about typically is that hotel on the corner. Guess what? That's competition to Ritz-Carlton. So Ritz-Carlton Four Seasons are a lot more expensive. You get a lot more for your money, a lot more value for a higher price. A hotel, just your average hotel, you are going to get less value, but you're also going to pay a lot less. So if you either A, have less money, or B, even if you have a lot of money, but you don't care to spend $600 more per night, you may choose that lower end hotel or medium, you know, medium level chain because you don't care about all that extra stuff and you just don't want to spend that extra $600. That extra value exists at those higher level chains, but you might not want that. You might not want all those extra features. So just because a hotel costs less doesn't mean it's not as good. It just offers less value and the value and the price match well. So your average hotel is competition to a higher end chain. Another competitor, I just, I'm hitting on the computer. I don't know why I should be hitting here to change the slide. Uh, another competitor would be a, a cruise ship is actually a competitor to a Ritz-Carlton or a high-end hotel. If you're going to choose, you're planning a vacation, here, here's going to step back and think about this. If somebody is planning a vacation, Ritz-Carlton is an option. So is the Four Seasons, that's a direct competitor, but any option out there, an RV, um, VRBO, a cruise, are all, are all competitors because they're things that if I wanna go on a vacation, I'm either going to spend my money on going on a cruise or going somewhere to stay where there's a Ritz-Carlton or renting a house or staying at a Ritz-Carlton. So, while you typically don't think about competitors being that different, you have to start thinking that way as a fitness professional. Regardless of what industry you're in, your competitor is anyone that somebody that gives you that gives a consumer a similar service or a similar, here's another one, a similar result, a similar outcome, like staying somewhere or fitness results. Anything that gets you to that end result is a competitor of yours or of Ritz-Carlton in this case. So what we were just talking about, and when, when you think of, if you're a personal trainer, if you think of only other personal trainers as your competition and not uh, Peloton, then you have what's called competitor myopia. Competitor myopia is when you view only direct competitors. And what's a direct competitor? A direct competitor is any other business that offers the same solution as you. So it's another personal trainer. And if you work in a gym, it's another personal trainer that works in a gym. If you work in a small studio, you would view a direct competitor as uh, having competitive competitor myopia would be you only view other trainers in a studio as your competition. When in reality, every large gym chain, if you're, if you're a studio trainer or if you're an in-home trainer, every single gym chain is your competition because every single gym chain markets personal training. So you need to get out of thinking about only your direct competitors as your competition, and you need to view the competition as any place someone can spend money to get a service that will get them to the same goal you can get them to. Anywhere that they would spend money on X instead of giving it to you.
So that's the purpose of this. We got to really open our eyes to that. When we start doing competitive analysis, we need to think about all of the options that everybody has. So there's three layers of competition. We kind of just went through them all without mentioning the layer. So the first layer, layer one, is a direct competitor with a similar price point. So that would be in the case of, of, um, of the hotels, it would be the Four Seasons. For if you're a trainer in a gym, it's a trainer in another gym. If you're a trainer in a studio, it, it, you know, it's a trainer in another studio that, or maybe in your own studio that offers services at the same price. So if you're, for example, if you're in a gym, in a gym chain, you're an employee, you're probably charging the exact same rates as any other trainer in that gym. That's a direct competitor. Yeah, they're your teammate also. They're your partner in this whole process, but they're also, they're also your competitor as is every other gym in the area, as is. Layer two people, layer two, and that is it's a direct competitor, but it's at a different price point. So this is actually the hotel. This is not something happened with this slide. So what we're looking at here is let me go back one. The hotel would be a layer two. It's a direct competitor, offers the exact same service, a room inside of a building, but it's a different price point. So you're getting the same with less services. Layer three is a different solution that solves the same problem. So this would be, in this case, the going on a cruise or using VRBO, some kind of an online resource to rent a house. The problem you're having is you want to get away. And these are other solutions to do that. So those are the three layers. So for fitness, if you're, let's just say you're a personal trainer working in a gym, just personal trainer in general, a layer one competitor is another trainer in a gym with a similar price point. A layer two competitor is a trainer in a gym with a lower price point. A layer three competitor is a lot. A layer three competitor is, for example, a cycling studio. Any high-end boutique studio, cycling, any group training, yoga is actually a layer three competitor of a personal trainer because it's money that they're not spending for your services that they're spending on fitness in general. So people say, you know, I, I think about um, just going back and still today, trainers will say, well, no, CrossFit is not a competitor of mine because I'm a personal trainer and I do one-on-one -on -one sessions. They're not a competitor. No, yes, CrossFit and every single cycling studio, Soul Cycle, all of them, they're all competitors of yours because they're offering a service that gets results that are similar to the results you offer. And it's money that they're not going to spend on you if they're spending it there. And in some cases, it's, it's going to be less expensive. A Soul Cycle or a membership somewhere is going to be less expensive than, um, than paying for three sessions a week, obviously. Now, We'll get into value in a second. I was going to jump on value. I was going to jump ahead a little bit. I'm going to stop myself. A nutritionist is a layer three competitor, or you might, you might say indirect competitor, but it's a competitor. It's money that's going to somebody, a nutritionist or a dietitian can help somebody with weight loss and health. And they might recommend exercises. They might recommend you, but they're still a competitor because they're, the consumer is paying money to this person to help them, as is an activity tracker. So I'm not wearing my Garmin right now, but I usually wear a Garmin when I'm working out. That gives me a lot of motivation. 
And that's one of the elements of value or one of the things that personal trainers offer is motivation. If I use my Garmin and I follow the training plan, it's, it's got a training plan. So it gives me guidance, which is one of the things personal trainers offer. So there's a lot of things, even with activity trackers, motivation, guidance, et cetera, holding you accountable. All of these things can be done with an activity tracker. So they are offering things and you can get a lot of results with an activity tracker. So all these things are actually very much a competitor to you. Now, do you offer more value? I assume you offer more value, but does the consumer know it? That's the big question that we'll be talking about in a minute. Uh, an app, you know, somewhere, somewhere where somebody logs their food is the service that you probably offer talking about logging their food. Well, they get that with an app. They also get it with home workouts. And this is something we're going to be talking quite a bit about in a little bit. Whether they pay money for uh, a Peloton type thing or if they're doing extra workouts on YouTube, it's a competitor of yours and it's taking money out of your pocket if they're doing workouts there as opposed to with you. As is, hate to say it, but going for a walk is free. And a lot of doctors recommend for people just start, start walking more, start exercising on your own more, and they'll do that. Um, that could be a gateway drug to get them you know, to want more. So that's actually a good competitor potentially. But the reality is that some people don't want to spend that money because they don't know the value associated with personal training and they may not want somebody yelling at them. So they'll say, you know what, I'm just going to take, get a dog and go for a walk every single day. So based on all this stuff, very, you're probably thinking one of these three things. One, very common statement, but people don't know what they need. So a lot of trainers will say things, I hear this a lot, like, well, yeah, but with walking, they're not getting self-myofascial release and they're not getting balance training and neuromuscular this, and they're not getting the proper guidance on X, Y, and Z. They don't know what they need. Well, here's the thing. They may not, but if you jump down to the answer to that one, they do know what they value, which may be money. And they also know what they're willing to pay for. So if you haven't made a good enough argument about why your services matter, then sure, then they still don't know what they need. They don't understand it and you haven't done a good job selling it. So knowing what they need is not the issue. The issue is what do they value and can you offer enough of it? The next one, none of those alternatives offer enough value. Well, in the consumer's mind, they may. And that's what we're going to dig into is what do consumers value? And then it's, here's one that I've heard recently. Well, it's, it's their loss if they don't, if they use those other solutions and not me. I mean, they're not going to get to their goal. Well, maybe, maybe not. But in actuality, it's, if you're trying to run a business and stay in business and keep getting clients, it's actually your loss. It's not their loss. Might they get lesser results? possibly, but you can't think about it in terms of it's their loss because it actually is your loss if you lost that opportunity to train that person. And then because of that, because you lost that chance, maybe it is their loss because they may not get the same results. So if you really, really are interested in changing lives and helping people get to their goals, you need to think about it, understand what people value. Because there's only two things there's only two things, two things. That's it. I'm going to keep I'm going to say it a few times. There's two things, no, no more. There's only two things that people consider when they're making a purchase. I've been talking a lot. I've mentioned both of them a couple of times. Two things are price and value. That's it. 
there is no other, there's nothing else involved in a purchase decision, but price and value. If the price is too high and they don't perceive the value as being equal to the price, they're not going to make that purchase. If the price is here and the value is here, they're considering that purchase. If the price is here and the value is here, there's a really good chance we're making that purchase. So that's it. So we're going to talk, we're going to dig into value a lot more, but just understand that every purchase comes down to what is the price and how much value does it offer me? And each person, you have to understand each person values different things. And all of your competitors, the most successful competitors, we'll kind of dig into this a little bit. You can pick out which elements of value they touch on. So here's what you need to think about too, as well with this. When talking about price versus value, one of these is, is real and it's fixed to, to an extent, meaning, especially if you work in a gym, you can't really adjust your prices at all. And if you don't work in the gym, you can only change your prices so much, you know, as far as reducing them or increasing them. You know, once you told them your price, you got to kind of stick to it to some extent. So your price is somewhat fixed. Value, however, is based on perception. So perceived value. So you create a perception of how valuable you are because they can't, when you're selling fitness, you can't test drive results. They can't know that by following your program, they're actually going to get results. They're going based on perception, whether real or perceived. And you need to be able to, to create a perception for yourself. That's a perception that eats your competitors. So how can you make your perception seem more impressive or worth more higher value than your competitors? And part of that process is understanding what is valuable about your competitors and then beat them at their own game or at least match them. So when you're looking, when we look here at this slide, there's four quadrants and there's one that is ideal. There's one that's absolutely horrible. And then there's a couple others. So let's, let's start in the, in the bottom right. This is where you absolutely do not want to be high cost, low value. So this means you're charging 150 bucks. You're perceived as a slob. You show up, you don't look good. You there's, there's really just nothing motivating about your personality. You don't come across as being educational. You just, you're not, you're not showing I'm talking about during like a presentation or in the, uh, on the gym floor, you, you're not, you just, you don't show that what you have is going to get somebody where they're going to be. Um, so they, they don't see anything worth purchasing. Your price is 150 and you have like no experience and you don't really talk about anything that they want to hear other than let, let me, let me, I may offend some people, but if you, are simply talking about science and how your program is designed. There's a little bit of value in that, but every other program and every other trainer knows the same science. And that's something that we got to really think about because we put way too much value in, in our minds in the science when 
consumers are looking at other things as value. And you know, I'm actually going to jump out of order a little bit because you know, I want to get this thing here full full slide and and really um, dig into what the term value means. So a few years ago, a company called Bain did research on what they called the elements of value. It was published in the Harvard Business Review. And what they found was these 30 elements of value. If a business, a brand, basically the more of these elements of value that a brand has or is perceived as having, the more successful they are. So examples here uh, reduces effort. So let's just apply these elements of value to fitness. Then we're going to jump back to that last slide in a second. I wanted to jump ahead to touch on this so we can have specific examples for the previous slide. So reducing effort is something that people value. It's, it's a functional, it makes your life easier. So reducing effort in our current post-COVID environment might be the fact that, well, there's, if, if, let's say your gyms are open. I want to go to the gym. I might have to wait to get into the gym. I might have to make an appointment and I probably have to wear a mask and I might have limited time that I can be there. It's a lot of effort to go to the gym. So what are people going to do? They're going to follow a program at home or they're going to go outside a indirect layer three competitor working out at home and going for a walk. Another one saves time. Same example. You're spending a lot of time having when you go to the gym right about now. So I'm going to save time by being home. People value saving time. Uh, let's choose a couple others. Um, simplify. So with fitness, we're not simplifying the process in the current environment of going to a gym. Here's the other side of simplify. Are you simplifying the process of getting in shape? for the consumer? Are you perceived as being someone who can educate someone and simplify complexes? So going back to what I talked about a minute ago, do you overcomplicate things and talk about specific adaptation to impose demand and Krebs cycle and go right over their head? Or do you talk about simple changes in their day-to-day -day life that they can make that you can teach them? That's how you simplify. And that's something that people value. It increases your value by doing that. Um, the quality, that's hard to do unless, you get it, unless you're doing a free trial session. You can show them how good your sessions are. So, yeah, maybe you have that for that one. Uh, connects is one where, you know, in group training, for example, are you connecting to other people? Um, and then affiliation and belonging is one where you could say, getting back to gyms versus being at home, you have a lot more affiliation and belonging when you're in a group training class than you do when you're doing one-on-one -on -one training. You have a lot more affiliation and belonging. You feel like you belong somewhere when you're doing personal training at the gym versus doing a home workout or going for a walk. So I mean, we could spend, we could spend a full hour just on this slide, but I just want you to get the feel for this. Um, and if you want to learn more about it, just Google, uh, the elements of value and you can find the find the article from the harvard business review that goes you know a little bit more in depth than we're going to cover on this here just understand that these 30 it's based on maslow's hierarchy of needs but it's from a marketing perspective and companies like apple and amazon hit four five six seven ten of these elements of value and they message in their marketing they message these elements of value 
So when you watch ads for larger companies, you'll notice them calling out some of these specific elements as things that they offer. And you need to do the same because the reason it's important to do the same is that if you want to make more money and charge more for your sessions and your competitor is charging less than you, you need to show that your higher price is worth it because you offer more value. So lower right, you've got high cost, low value. That's where you don't want to be. Because when we, what's the, one of the most common um, business slash sales topics in the fitness industry? It is what? Let me give you a second to think about. For personal trainers, what's the main topic when it comes to business and getting new clients? It's overcoming objections. The reason we have to overcome objections is we do not present enough value and our cost is too high. So we're here, high cost, low value. What we need to learn to do is get to the upper right, which is high cost, high value. So they match because now we have less, there's going to be fewer objections if you're presenting enough value. The bottom line is if you're having trouble overcoming objections and selling, it's because either your competitors are doing a better job or you're not doing a good job to present how much value you have. Obviously, low cost, high value is an easy way to make a sale. Think about what the problem is with that. You thinking, got it? The problem is you're worth this much, but you're only charging this much. And that's very, very common, especially with trainers who go out on their own because they're scared about the competition and they think the only way to get clients is to undercut the pricing. And you need to get out of that because if you're actually offering this much value, you need to charge this much for it and learn to offer this much value. And then your prices keep going up and you don't have to worry about them going to the $70 trainer when you're charging 120 because you're so valuable and you're perceived as being so valuable and you're so popular. You have raving fans all over the place that you don't have to worry about it. Another place where if you don't mind really hustling the lower left, we've got low cost, low value. And this is fine. If you don't mind hustling and doing a ton of sessions and charging 45 bucks a session, more power to you. But in order to make decent money, you need to do a lot of sessions. So you you really need to focus on how do you increase what you're making? And that is by offering more value and understanding how to compete. Okay, a little pause there. So we're gonna kind of jump ahead through this really quickly. So this is this the purpose of this slide. I'm gonna spend less time on this simply because I added some other slides because of um, giving you some tips for competing online. But what we need to understand with personal training, some of the things that you offer value. Um, this is this is important, but not as important as what I, I added. So. As a personal trainer, some of the elements of value that you offer are informs. You help inform people as to how to get results. Uh, you help simplify the process because you, you're one-on-one. -on -one. You can simplify, you know, whether it's food, whether it's diet or, or exercise or what to do on their own. You can always pitch wellness. We maybe over, overwhelmingly pitch wellness as a result that of our services a little too much. Um, we can help reduce anxiety because a lot of people are very anxious about being involved in a fitness program. So if we are known as that trainer who kind of helps take away that anxiety and we're more comforting and, and really guide people and teach them about that, it's, it's something that we can, can offer. 
affiliation and belonging is one badge value. Now badge value is one where when you're a personal trainer, who's very much seeked after badge value or with any, with any service, it's, it's something that badge value means someone's proud to let people know that they use your services. And I use Disneyland as the example. When people in Southern California have annual passes for Disneyland, they actually have a sticker they put on their bumper. It's a little Mickey Mouse ears with, I forget what it says, Disney, you know, something, DA annual pass or something. But you see them all over the place because people, that's, that's badge value. They're proud to show people that they have an annual pass and, and it's, it's a badge of honor. So that's what badge value means. And there's a lot of trainers like that where they get to that point where, train, where people will, will brag about who they're training with or what gym they're a member of. That's badge value. Um, and then providing access and providing access could be the fact that since they're working with you, they get to go to that studio that they wouldn't otherwise get to go to. It could be that you are known for training high level athletes and now you're training high school athletes and this is providing access to this knowledge and these workouts that that person wouldn't normally have. So providing access to a higher level of a higher experience that somebody that wouldn't normally get is another big one. So if you do train athletes, you know, you could, for example, pitch, Hey, you know what? I, I, I've trained some really elite athletes. Don't lie about it, but you know, kind of talk about some of the top level people. And that's called, that's the element of value is called providing access. You're providing access to a high school kid or a younger kid, or even an adult who just aspires to be better at tennis that you're providing access to performance techniques that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. That's a big element of value. So activity trackers, we touched on that. They, some of the um, elements of value that they offer is they do offer motivation that's rewarding. A big one for activity trackers as a competitor of yours is that you don't necessarily help save time where an activity tracker helps people save time Activity trackers absolutely simplify people's lives. And a big one is activity trackers don't cost a whole lot of money. Even if you buy a $500 activity tracker, that's still cheaper than a month's worth of personal training sessions. So when you're talking about competitors, layer three competitors, indirect competitors, activity trackers are very inexpensive and they're pretty darn effective when you pair it, for example, with a online experience of some sort, whether it's one-on-one -on -one training or having some issues with my, uh, my animations here, or even a YouTube video. So if you have an activity tracker and you choose, you know, I'm going to, I have some YouTube workout person that I like to follow. That's a heck of a lot cheaper and it's pretty effective when compared to, it's not more effective than personal training by any stretch, but here's the key. It's perceived as being more effective. And what are YouTubers doing? They're marketing and they're building a following and they're getting people to like, and they're sharing or whether, or, or even if it's Instagram or Facebook, you know, you're, you're able to get a following there and you're building that perception of value. Even if it's not as valuable, it can sometimes be perceived as, as valuable or as equally effective as getting a personal trainer. And I truly believe that's not the case, but we're dealing with perception, not necessarily reality. And it's your job to do a better job than the competition.
Now, what we're going to touch on here, what I'm adding, what I added to this presentation is something that we've been doing with, I've been doing, um, I kind of got out of doing the programs myself and, and it's now my wife, but we do online free recorded programs. So in other words, somebody comes to the website, they purchase an eight week challenge and it's all the workouts are in there. Day one, day two, day three. And you know, there's nutrition planning, a PDF, all that information is just available. It's a one-time purchase. So, you know, it might be $150. It's an eight week challenge. And the reason this is good for as a trainer and helps you be more competitive and be more successful is that now this is something from a career perspective, long-term, one of the goals of any business is that you're making money while you're sleeping. And if you're relegating your, your business and you're competing directly with every other trainer, let's, let's talk trainer versus trainer right now. Most trainers have some sort of Zoom online one-on-one -on -one sessions or Facebook Live classes or Facebook Live one-on-one uh, -on -one workouts. Everybody's doing that. My wife's also doing that with some of her clients and she absolutely hates it. Absolutely hates it. So thankfully we were ahead of the curve and we've been building an online program. So now here, the benefit with an online program, once you've recorded it, you've done the workout with a zoom workout or a live workout with a client, that workout's gone. You did that work. You stood there and you put all that energy into that workout. And once it's over, you got to do it again. And you got to do it again with the next client and the next client and the next client. And that's, that's what we do. And that's what we love. But the goal is to be successful long-term. So you need to get a leg up on the competition. And one of the things I'm going to show you how to do very briefly is how do you build that online program that you can sell online very easily? Now, sorry about this. Here we go. Going through. Okay. So the question is, Selling time for money versus being able to sell, you know, long-term. So think of beach body programs like, like P90X. P90X is a great example where you purchase P90X, you buy it one time, you own it. And no, Tony Horton's not actually there training you. He's been recorded ahead of time. So one way that you can do this, and I highly recommend this, we've had a lot of success with these online programs. The first one we did, was several years ago and it was a friend of, with a friend of mine and uh, this is where I got the idea to kind of move forward with with Kelly and you can simply create a spreadsheet and this spreadsheet you can turn into a PDF here's this is kind of an example where this isn't I didn't plan this workout out I just I just wrote all this stuff in as an example so you just need to design your program you would film your workouts hopefully so here's a question for you have you been um, have you been recording your Zoom workouts and your Facebook Live workouts? Probably. Some of you probably have. What are you doing with them now that you have them? Well, here's something you can do. You lay them out in a workout program. So you design your program based on the workouts that you have, or you design your program, and then you find some way to film them, whether it's your iPhone or whatever. And then you create a spreadsheet like this one here, turn it into a PDF with the links, and then you get MailChimp or something along those lines. And you can start selling this from a landing page. There's some other steps that, I, that, that you need to do, but the, the idea is you're actually selling a workout that you can put online and just continue to sell ongoing. There's a ton of value in that to the consumer. 
So here's another option. Option two is actually building a website itself. And a lot of the stuff, I'm not pitching my services. I, I am more than happy to help people. Um, anyone that's attended this, you can reach out to me and I can talk you through these processes and, and point you in the right direction um, you know, to get you there. But, but building a website like on a Wix, for example, is very simple. And you can sell pre-recorded programs. People can buy memberships. People can buy the programs. But again, you can upload your videos directly to that. You know, create a program and have a more, a better experience with this than you would with an Excel spreadsheet. So now you can create many, many different programs and sell them online forever. And now it's there and you're making money. So you're continuing to do your, your, your competing one-on-one -on -one with those trainers doing Zoom and in the gym, eventually back at the gym. Um, but you're also have making money additionally on the side. And now that you've had experience in front of the camera, this is going to be much easier to do. Um, then another way is actually, um, you know, hiring someone to build it. And another way is, so this is a, yeah, so this is kind of a, something I'm in beta right now. Um, but I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm not trying to pitch my services, but this is something that I'm doing. And I, I'm going to say right now that there are other services that offer a lot more value than what I offer. So I'm not, I'm actually underselling and I'm really not pitching myself that well here on, on purpose because uh, this isn't my main business. But there are a lot of services, what are called learning management systems or LMSs, where once you have those videos recorded, you sign up, you pay 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 150 bucks a month to create a program. And it's just like any online course that you've ever taken. You know, over on the left-hand side, you see over here, week one, Monday weight workout. Tuesday, cardio, core, flexibility. My eyes are really bad, so I can barely read it. But you see Wednesday is a weight workout. And it's very, very simple to do. It's one of those things that, like I said, I am offering this on my website. It offers a lot less value than other solutions, and I would recommend. But reach out to me, and I am more than happy to kind of walk you through this process and I won't give you a sales pitch. I'm going to help you. I want to, what my goal is, I want to see trainers succeed in the online world. And if I can help you in some way, shape or form, I want to do that. Um, and I wasn't planning on doing this as part of the presentation, but this at last minute, they kind of asked us to show, you know, how can we tie in online and teaching online? And this is kind of the way to go. Um, I'll even point you to Kajabi is one that actually my wife uses a system called Kajabi for her programs. It's fantastic. It's a little more expensive. So, you know, an LMS system is a very, very easy way to take. And the, the, the reason I talk about this, we all have done, have watched P90X and we've all watched all the ads for all the different programs and said, I could do a better program than that. That, that program's a joke, right? I mean, how many times have you said that? Oh, that's ridiculous. Let's listen to what he just said. That's not even right. And I would do that program so much different. They shouldn't be doing that exercise. You've said it. I've said it. Well, right now is the best time to do what you said you can do. And that is build some kind of an online presence. And again, free services, email me, call me. Um, I will, I will give you advice uh, to an extent how to do that. Um, because this is where I want people to go. I want you to succeed. So here's the key though. Once you build the program, that's the easiest part. The easiest part is how do I build the program? 
And then filming is can be challenging for some of us. But um, the hardest part is selling it. So how are you? I'm not going to get into marketing strategy, but how are you going to design the decide where you stand with your competition in the mind of the consumer? In other words, the perception. How are you going to build a perception of what you offer? What is it you offer? And the bottom line is you need to stand for something. If you don't stand for something, you're not going to stand for anything. So first thing you need to do is say you personally, what is it about your personality that's different? Because what are they buying? They're buying services from you. If you're selling an online program, they're, they're, it's your personality. It's your face. So what makes you unique from your competition? This is what helps you stand up. Don't be afraid of being you in fitness. So which elements of value? So spend some time, again, Google elements of value and, and go through that article and read it and decide as you go through this, what your services, your style of training, your personality, what are you known for? And then what do you want to be known for? You know, so right smack dab in the middle of this uh, is, is fun and entertainment. Some trainers, that's, that's what differentiates them from their competition is that they're more fun and entertaining. Maybe they're safer for maybe you have elderly clients and reducing risk is what differentiates you. You know, so what motivation, maybe you're extremely motivating. So of these 30 elements of value, there's gotta be at least one that makes you, that you could use to help you stand out. And ideally there's three or four things that you can say, yeah, that's me. Uh, that That's the element of value that I offer better or different than anyone else. And you also have to define why that is. And we're going to do that in a little bit with a positioning statement. Next step, look at the competitive landscape. So you said, let's just say, I, I said fun and entertainment um, and reducing risk. Okay, I need to go out and I need to look at the competitive landscape. And I need to say, I need to look at one direct competitor, one layer, one competitor and say, okay, so here's a competitor that offers the exact same service that I offer. Maybe it's another trainer in your gym. Maybe it's another trainer in your community. Maybe it's another trainer on Instagram that whatever it is, somebody that's an absolute direct competitor, similar price point, similar services, similar result. Which one of those people or businesses are similar? or have some of the same elements of value that you do and take a look at what they're doing and watch them closely. Don't copy them, but you watch them closely. So if they're successful with those elements of value and you're offering the same value, why are they successful and you're less successful than you want to be? Well, they're probably doing a better job of getting it in front of people. Maybe they're being more of themselves in front of people, but you know, is it, is it social media? Is it sales presentations? Is it that first free session? Is it just social interactions at, at the coffee store, at the coffee shop or at the bar, wherever, you know, how are you going to reflect these elements of value in, in your marketing and when you're talking to people? So one of the best things you can do for yourself, and it's a lot of self-reflection when you do a competitive analysis is to identify your top competitors. So you choose three, choose one direct, one layer, one competitor, one indirect. So somebody that's a different price point, but offering the exact same service. So if you're a personal trainer, 
You want one personal trainer with the same price point or very similar price point. You want one personal trainer who has a different or very, very different price point. Ideally, if you're going to do it, take a look at a competitor who is charging $70 more per hour. You know, you're charging 100 and they're charging 170 and you're going, how are they doing that? Well, guess what? How are you going to find out how, do you, how they do it? Watch them. Watch their marketing. Watch their messaging. See what they're doing that is creating the perception. That's key. It's creating a perception that they're more valuable than you because you're struggling to sell maybe $70 sessions. Maybe you're struggling to sell $60 sessions. That might be part of the problem because your price is too low, but, and, and therefore they don't perceive value. But what is that $170 trainer doing to make that sale? Watch them closely and find out because they're somehow closing that gap between high price and value and showing high value. So watch, 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 watch that competitor. And then the third, when you're doing a competitive analysis, you want to look at all of the aspects of the business of um, a layer three competitor. So that is you know, Peloton, Beachbody, online, and just any online, any YouTube workout guru, you know, all the gurus, because guess what? The gurus are indirect competitors of yours and they do a lot of them make a lot of money and have a lot of followers. So what is it that they're doing that gives the perception of so much value? Because we would all argue that a YouTube workout, which isn't a program, it's not systematic. It's just a workout is far less valuable than what you do delivering the OPT model, far less valuable, but it's a lower price point. And somehow these people are adding more value. And then they, a lot of these people do end up selling products to the people that they see. So watch a YouTube star that has a similar personality and offers similar elements of value to you. So a layer one, again, I'm going to go through this again, layer one person, a layer one competitor is same price point, same service. Layer two, find a trainer who offers a similar service in home, studio, gym, but charges a lot more money. And then number three, follow somebody online or some other competitor who offers a very different service. You know, maybe it's SoulCycle, offers a very different service and the price point could be whatever it is. It's obviously most likely going to be lower because SoulCycle is cheaper than a personal training session. Um, so what you want to do is you want to research their marketing uh, look at their website. You want to look at their social media. Um, you know, the website, let me jump back to the website. So for website, you want to look at the words that are used on their website. So what are, what's the word? What are the words? What is the imagery? What's their tagline? What are they doing that people are responding to that makes things that makes them so successful? Where are they marketing? outside of social media. Most people are marketing through social media now, but where else are they marketing? Are they doing flyers? Are they doing mailers? Are they showing up at events when events occur? Um, and then write down for each of those competitors, what, what other elements of value, go back to those 30 elements of value and say, what other elements of value does this person that's very similar to me offer? And how can I offer those elements of value off also? So I'll just give you an example of saves time. Um, you know, we didn't used to when our fitness, we didn't used to offer 30 minute sessions, but then, you know, we kind of saw it happening where people were looking for faster workout and 
the element of value of saves time. So we started including 30 minute sessions. Now, a lot of people argue those aren't as effective, but guess what? People value them and people want them. So if you offer that, that's a way to get people involved in your programs. And then maybe they get involved in longer sessions later. But so there's for each element of value, there's some there's some sort of way that you can incorporate it into your offering. And again, that's one of those things that I, I'm more than happy to kind of talk through with you, uh, whether via email or even over the phone. So the next step, once you decide who, you know, you know, you should know at this point who your target market is. So what's, what's your, what's your niche? What's your, um, your avatar, your ideal customer? Who is that? So once you know who that is, you should know that already. So we didn't even talk about that here, but the positioning statement is simply um, defining your unique um, you know, what makes you unique from others. It's a single sentence that encapsulates your product, your target market, why you're better than the competition or why you're as good as the competition we may say. Um, so for example, there, the reason I point that out is, is, you know, better is, is, you know, in the eye of the beholder. What if you simply wanted to say, I have a lower price point, but I'm as good as the competition. That's fine. That's a way to beat the competition. So since you know what the competition offers, you know exactly what they're good at and what they're not good at. Now you can easily say, you know what? My services are just as good, but I'm $15 cheaper. And you're not going to say that specifically to your potential client, but you get the idea. And then uh, what promises do you make with your services? And that's the elements of value. So there's three parts to a positioning statement. And this positioning statement, I'll say this ahead of time. Positioning statement is not something that you put on your website. It's not something that you put on your marketing materials. It's not something that you ever read verbatim to potential clients or clients. A positioning statement is something that defines, it's something that you would put on the wall of your office. And it kind of is something that you look at and remember and know this defines my brand. This is what people think of. This is my position in the marketplace. So avatar is referring to who is your ideal client. So if it's a, an older person, a younger person, an athlete, uh, weight loss people, post you know, getting ready for a wedding might be. I mean, you could be as specific as getting ready for your wedding. So uh, we're not going to spend time on that right now. Um, then the barrier. So what is it? The barrier simply means what's preventing this person from getting to their goal. And then what is the solution? I'm going to take a look at something outside of our industry first. And that is, it's one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, positioning statements is from Mountain Dew. And Mountain Dew's positioning statement is, to young, active soft drink consumers who have little time for sleep, Mountain Dew is a soft drink that gives you more energy than any other brand because it has the highest level of caffeine. Have they done a pretty good job of reflecting that? They have. Because when people think of Mountain Dew, what's the first thing we typically think of? We think of the fact that it has more caffeine. When you look at their marketing and some of the events where they do marketing, um, what do you see? You see young, active people, maybe jumping out of planes or, you know, just being active, extreme sports. Um, and those people want more energy. So they constantly reinforce the fact that they have more caffeine than their competitors as an element of value, as something that people value, that if I'm gonna buy the same price Coke versus a Mountain Dew, and I am really, really tired, 
I'm like, oh, you know what? Today, I'm not really a Mountain Dew fan, but I know for a fact that all those people that are having fun out there also get tired sometimes, and they also have a little time for sleep, but they're drinking Mountain Dew because it has more caffeine. So I want that because it's going to give me more caffeine and therefore more energy. So that's the positioning statement. You would never see Mountain Dew put this sentence in an ad because it's just calling it. It's just too much information. So you would take take this information and you kind of make a tagline out of it. But basically, you need to define for yourself how you're different than the competition and specifically what you do, or even you know how you're making it similar to what your competitors do. So what you're going to do is we're going to write, you're going to write your positioning statement and you're going to keep in mind, we're not going to, you're not going to do it right now because you need to look at your competition first. So you need to do your competitive analysis and you need to, you know, so you're looking at all those competitors, those three competitors. Now, so for the competitive analysis, if you want a more in-depth guide to doing a competitive analysis, I can send you a PDF that goes along with my competitive analysis course. I'm gonna, I'll just send you that PDF right away. If you email me, I'll give you my email at the end. Um, but you know, the baseline, what I, what I showed you in this presentation is your, is your baseline uh, competitive analysis. And I can send you the PDF of a more in-depth one if you're interested, but that's the first step is knowing your competition, then defining how you are different and better. So, for you, it's four, and then you would put in who's your avatar, who is your ideal client, for middle-aged women who are overweight, for senior citizens who don't move well, for athletes who want to improve performance in basketball, for you know your, who your customer is, your ideal customer. Here's the key. It's the customer that you want to spend the most time with because that's who you're going to create your messaging for. The client that you want to work with the most. That's who you write the sentence for. So for middle-aged women who want to lose weight, when are fitness, I, we, my company, whatever you want to put there, is the optimal choice because we help educate and make them feel comfortable because we have whatever it is, we have a very uh, easy, smart plan for you know, the, the best plan for weight loss and helping control calories, or we sell the best products that help with weight loss, or, you know, I'm not going to tell you what that should be, but you need to define why are you better than any of those three competitors that you're researching? So for middle-aged women, we are better than all of the competition with our personal training, with our nutrition counseling, with our group training, with our online program, because we do X, Y, and Z better than them. We offer more value of some sort that will help you get to your goal easier. Then the next question is once you've written that, you need to reflect on, okay, this is my position. How am I going to take this sentence and how am I going to reflect that in public? What can I do in social media? Because social media, at, once you've written this sentence, your social media posts can no longer be about how shredded you are. 
your social media posts should maybe not maybe, maybe your differentiating factor is the fact that you're shredded i don't know but that's not the best differentiating factor but maybe it is but you need your social media to reflect directly to what the example i use middle-aged women want to see so if, if your positioning statement is about being a fun person to work with your social media should start picking up on the fun factor in your posts and i keep looking at the screen instead of you i gotta look at you um, you, you should be reflecting how fun you are in your social media posts and not just flexing your biceps and not just showing your food all the time because it's you, you're the product that they're purchasing. They're not purchasing your cooking skills and they're not purchasing your biceps. They're purchasing your personality and your ability to get them to their goal. So you need to be reflecting what elements of value you offer that differentiate you from those three other competitors in everything that you do. And you need to continue. Once you get that client, you need to continue doing that every single session. Because once you stop doing it, they signed up with you because of your position. They signed up with you because of your the perception that you gave when they purchased it. If you stop doing those things that they were attracted to, they're going to divorce you. You don't want that. So you know, stick to it throughout all your sessions. Okay, so that's that's the end of that. So like I said, education continues. And I want you to make sure that you take what you picked up in this session and act on it. Because this information isn't going to help you if you don't act on it. So reach out to me, rick at fitbiztoolbox.com. Um, with I can send you that those PDFs. I can, you know, if, if you send me, I'm just gonna make this up. I didn't I didn't plan to do a coupon a code or anything, but um, just set, just tell me you were you watched the NASM um, presentation, at op, the Optima presentation, and um, I'll send you a, a couple of free courses. I'll send you that PDF I promised you. Um, email me with questions that you have, and I will send you a course that will help you understand that contact that 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 topic better. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely reach out. I love it when people reach out. I love offering as much knowledge as possible. I promise I will not uh, send you a bunch of marketing emails. I promise. I'm going to send you what you asked for, and then I'll ask you if you want anything else. It's fine. Um, check me out at fitbiztoolbox.com to see what type of content we have. And you know, if you ever need any production work done, uh, educational fitness type stuff, give me a shout. And check me out at winnerproductions.com. Um, go find out who your competition is, and then make them sweat. Take care.